0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm going to get to Mike Florio, kind enough to join us on uh, short notice. And his new book, by the way, is a must. Playmakers comes out March 15th, can be purchased both online wherever books are sold. Mike uh, sent me an advance copy, and there's a lot of good stuff in there. Didn't autograph it, but there's a lot of good stuff in there. Mike joins us now. No autograph, fake huh?
1: Fake news. You are fake news. I autographed it. Oh, I you- signed it. Oh, you did? Yeah, you haven't even opened it.
0: No, I did. I opened it to the actual chapters, not uh, the first couple of pages. The uh, Open
1: up the cover. Uh, okay. And there's a lovely inscription. Damn. It may bring a tear to your eye. Probably won't.
0: Uh, but I did sign it. Paulie, do you know where I have Florio's book? Paul's going to look for it. Okay. Where do you keep the garbage? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I I think Do you got it right there, Paulie. <laughs> No, I I got it right here. It's really close to me. Okay, let me see what it says. Here's Mike Florio's Playmakers, how the NFL really works and it doesn't. DP, thanks for your friendship and support over the years, Mike Florio. Well, that's not really, you know, know, a tearjerker. I did sign it, but I did sign it. How about thank you for my career? I never would have had this career without you, Dan.
1: that's true. That's true. But I've, I've already told you that separately, so I need to come up with something different. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Okay. Help, Thank you for my career. Help me understand. i back now.
0: <laughs> help, help me understand the Sean McVay situation, and does it affect Kevin O'Connell Is it real There, it would affect Kevin O'Connell taking the Vikings job?
1: Well, you know, we learned four years ago in a Super Bowl that was played in the stadium where the Vikings play their home games, that none of this stuff's ever done until it's done. And I keep seeing reports about what the Vikings are going to do. I'm waiting for the report that it's done. I want to see the signature from Kevin O'Connell on the last page of the contract. And until it happens, we saw McDaniels jilt the Colts. Now, there's no real reason right now to think it's going to happen. But if Stan Kroenke's working behind the scenes, he's the owner of the Rams, obviously, and he's like, hey, Sean, what are you going to do? I think it's too early for the Sean McVay situation to come to a head where Stan Kroenke would have to pivot to Kevin O'Connell, and he's got Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator, if McVay does leave. So it's not as critical as it would be. But if McVay would exit like today, which no one thinks that's going to happen, you'd have to wonder whether or not Kroenke would want to try to keep Kevin O'Connell. But I get the impression McVay is kind of sitting back and waiting to see if one of these networks makes him an offer that either he can't refuse or that he can't resist taking to Kroenke and saying, hey, they're going to pay me 15000000 million. Uh, you're paying me X. Are you going to pay me more or not? And I think that's fair game. I think McVay's in a great spot mm. now. Somebody's either going to make him a, 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 an offer that he says, wow, okay, I'm leaving for ESPN or wherever, or Cronkey's going to pay him. Either way, he's going to get paid.
0: Okay, so Aaron Donald, is that a leverage play as well?
1: It could be. He's due to make $55 million over the next three years, about $18 million in change. He puts a lot of himself into his offseason preparation. L.A. is a long way away from Pittsburgh. He's a Pittsburgh guy. And hey, having flown from Pittsburgh to L.A. and L.A. to Pittsburgh nine days apart, it's like two different worlds. And he's out there for five months out of the year. And I think that's wearing on him after eight years. So... You want to make it worth his while? You know, he's currently doing it for $18 million, $9 million under the top of the market for a defensive lineman. Maybe that gets his attention and gets him to do it again. But I, I really do think he's seriously considering calling it quits while he's at the pinnacle of the profession after eight years and after mm. putting a lot of himself into his game.
0: I was also wondering about Odell Beckham Jr. with this knee injury, knee surgery. Uh, at at some point, does he start to look at what's next? Could you see him in the media? Could you see him as a, you know, a studio analyst here and, and what would be that value?
1: Well, I mean, he always brings value because of who he is. But as you know, at some point you have to actually do the job. And there are plenty of former players who become analysts and they don't really become analysts. They, they, they you have to become a fan of the game. You have to think like a fan thinks you have to follow the sport like a fan follows the sport or you quickly lose relevance you quickly make no sense it can't just be well this is what we did this is what I did this is what you know this is what I know from when I played you've got to be a true student of the game and I don't know that he cares about football enough Mm. to make that pivot maybe he does maybe he does but you're right Dan look same ACL torn twice and Michael David Smith from PFT pointed out yesterday that when he did it the last time, it was like 11 months before he was cleared to play again. He'll miss all of the season, at least all of the regular season, if if he has that same trajectory with the same injury to the same knee. I mean, that, that was that was heartbreaking for him. He he could have been the MVP of the game the way he was playing. The, the Rams lost the air out of the balloon when he got injured, and they almost didn't get it back in time.
0: We're talking to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host with Chris Sims. You can watch that on Peacock. I know that Matthew Stafford, is he a Hall of Famer, was a big topic. I think we ran out of topics, so it's like Matthew (laughs) Stafford, a Hall of Famer, question mark. But I have to give Matthew Stafford credit for two things. Megatron's season, that was the greatest season we had seen by a wide receiver, and now Cooper Cups, which is the greatest uh, receiving year that we've ever had. It doesn't feel like he gets any credit of that. You're like, oh, that's right, he was uh, Calvin Johnson's quarterback. Where do you stand with Matthew Stafford right now?
1: Well, Matthew Stafford suffered through 12 seasons in Detroit where he was pretty much alone but for Calvin Johnson. And they did have a for a while, but it's a dysfunctional organization, and they never were able to put together a consistent winner. Now, there have been times where I was concerned that he wasn't as forceful from a personality standpoint as a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady would be, and he kind of tolerated not being part of a great team. Maybe he should have forced himself out of that situation earlier, but he can make all the throws. I mean, you've seen the video, the no-look throw to Cooper Cup. He's always been like that. He was Patrick Mahomes before we we learned about Patrick Mahomes. The guy's got incredible arm talent, and when you look at the all-time statistics, he's already 12th in passing yardage, 12th in passing touchdowns, and he just turned 34 last week. So this whole idea of is he a Hall of Famer, to me it's ridiculous because he's got five more years left. I don't know how long he's going to play. There's many chapters left in this book. He could win another Super Bowl. If he gets another Super Bowl, he's clearly a Hall of Famer. Uh, He could finish in the top five of passing yardage. Of course that puts you clearly in the discussion. So Um, And and I respect the fact that, you know, he's not a guy who's very demonstrative. We don't get a lot of videos of him chewing people out on the sideline. We don't get a lot of hot take reports about whether he's selfish or immature. There isn't that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's hard to stand out if you're not that way. But his play does all the talking for him, and people are starting to appreciate it more now that he's with a a better team.
0: What should we keep an eye on with Deshaun Watson's offseason?
1: Well, We've been expecting or hoping or waiting for some sort of a resolution as to the criminal probe, the prosecution, potential prosecution. Grand jury work was supposed to be done the end of January. Now that we're clear of the Super Bowl, I need to go back and see where that stands. You've got 22 lawsuits that are moving forward. Now that the Super Bowl is over, he can be questioned under oath by Tony Busby, who represents the 22 individuals. And, uh, you know, the, the problem is. It's so obvious he needs to put these cases behind him to continue his career that that gives Tony Busby more leverage when it's time to negotiate a settlement. They had 18 of these 22 cases ready to work out back in late October so he could have been traded to the Dolphins. There were four holdouts. The value of that case keeps going up and up and up if you know he's got to settle these in order to get back to the NFL. So at some point, they just have to sit down and work this out. He needs to work out satisfactorily to the individual's Who claim they were victimized by Watson, something that allows him to put it behind him. But, uh, you know, the problem, Dan, is the quarterback carousel is going to start spinning. Seats are going to get filled and, and maybe the teams he wants to go to will have moved on. So it's going to, it's going to be a challenge for them to get this taken care of.
0: Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern, or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com, or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. We make way for the Hall of Famer, Jim Gray. He is the uh, co host of the great podcast. Uh, the Let's Go podcast alongside Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald. Jim, how are you today? I'm great, Dan. How are you? Doing great. I was curious your approach to Tom Brady when you interview him as opposed to another subject.
2: Well, I've interviewed Tom Brady probably 750 to 1,000 times. So there's a total familiarity. Uh, We've been doing this show for more than a decade. Um, So as opposed to another athlete... Uh, there's a lack of familiarity um, and <laughs> we're not doing a show together.
0: But when you, when you sense something as good a reporter as you are, when you hear something, you would normally pounce on that. How do you approach that? If you sense something with Tom and, you know, the, the approach of uh, pouncing on it and, and realizing that maybe there's uh, kind of breadcrumbs there for a, a bigger topic.
2: Well, we have much more time we have 25 minutes a show and 45 minutes for the podcast. So it's, it's not like me doing the end of a game interview where I have to get right to it because we're rushing off to, you know, the tonight show or, or sports center or whatever. So you have two questions and you're done. So you can't, you can't have a conversation with somebody. You can't elicit more information. You can't have a, you know, there's no comfort there. You got a boom, boom, boom. So it, it's just a lot different format. So, uh, pouncing on something isn't, uh, isn't necessary.
0: Take me back to that weekend when uh, Schefter and Jeff Darlington reported over the weekend, I think it was Saturday at 2.30 Eastern, that Tom was uh, you know, going to retire. You take the podcast then on Monday? Correct. Okay. Yes. So how do you, do you discuss topics? Give me, let us behind the scenes there of what you do in preparing for that with Tom and Larry and that topic that weekend.
2: I was in Mexico that weekend, and my phone was blowing up. And I hadn't heard from Tom. And so um, I didn't know anything about it. And I don't know if I'm 10th on the list, Dan, or if I'm 20th or 50th or 100, but I'm on the list. (laughs) Somewhere at some point, he would have reached out and said, Jim, I'm out. Uh, I'll talk to you later or whatever it would have been. I didn't get that. So uh, I called Tom's agent and he didn't know anything about it. Uh, I spoke to Mr. and Mrs. Brady, and they didn't know anything about it. They had just spoke to Tom, and Tom said that wasn't the case. So we've been involved with each other for a long time, Tom and I, doing this show. I always take Tom at his word because Tom is Tom's word is really good. So we approached the show on on that Monday, which was a couple of days later, and I asked him what he was doing, and he said he hadn't decided yet. So, you know, it's, this isn't a show where you're supposed to badger somebody. He's it's, he's the co-host of the show. You're not hitting him over the head. And it's his decision and his life. And when he came to that decision with his life, uh, he would inform
0: us. What did you uh, think when you heard on Tuesday or you saw the social media that Tom was retiring?
2: Thought that he decided to retire and that he decided to, over the course of time with Giselle and whoever else was involved with the decision, Jack, Benny, and Vivi, uh, that it was time time to do that. By the way, Dan, the club also hadn't been informed, so uh, Jason and Bruce Arians and and the Glazer family, none of them knew. And and I believe they released a statement to that effect, and saying Tom had told them that that wasn't the case. So I guess the Tuesday morning, whatever it was, twelve or fourteen hours after we did the show, uh, that's what he had decided to do, and and wrote out his uh, uh, his Instagram.
0: When It it feels like people are still don't believe it's real. Do you believe it's real?
2: I do. I do, but I also believe that he doesn't know if and when that urge will come back. So I think he answered the question, you know, to the best of his ability and and really honestly when he said, you know, never say never because he's been doing this for 30-plus years. And he's not leaving, Dan, because there's anything physically wrong. He led the league in every statistical category for a quarterback. So it's more of an emotional thing perhaps that he'll be 45 and doesn't want to get pounced on by Von Miller and Aaron Donald and these guys. Uh, But I truly believe that if he wanted to play physically, he could continue to play at a very, very high level. And he's even said that probably well beyond next year, if that's what he decided.
0: More likely to play again, Tom or Larry Fitzgerald? Oh, Tom. Larry had no interest in coming back at all. No. Wow. Larry, Larry,
2: Larry made that decision. He never turned in his retirement papers, but Larry never wavered. Larry had calls every week from great teams that really wanted him and could have played probably on a championship team. Uh, and he just, he just never even looked back. He never thought about it. Uh, he was enjoying his life. He was going to his kids' uh, flag football games. Uh, he's very involved in a number of businesses. He's a really philanthropic guy. He was NFL man of the year. Uh, Larry, Larry had decided that that was it.
0: When Antonio Brown goes AWOL, did Tom try to talk Larry Fitzgerald into playing for the Buccaneers?
2: Not that I'm aware of. No, and, and Larry and Tom have not told me that. So no, the, Tom knew where Larry was. Uh, they do a podcast <laughs> together. They play, they play golf together. Uh, they were around each other last summer quite a bit, uh, a number of times. So uh, Tom didn't waste his time on that call.
0: Is the podcast on hiatus? Podcast uh, was our last podcast uh, on Sirius
2: was Monday night and we'll come back in August and uh, both Tom and Larry and I were all uh, set to go for the next football season. And uh, Sirius has been a great partner and we'll have some more fun.
0: Yeah. I was wondering about that. People jumped on that. They're like, it's on hi- hiatus until, you know, September. And then it was like, Oh, September. That means maybe Tom's going to come back. And I thought, well, they're not going to talk football during the offseason, I guess, and you guys will just pick it up when you get ready to start the season.
2: Correct. I mean, we don't, we, that, that, that's been normal what we've done. We've done this show for more than a decade. And so, you know, we, we, but we don't do it all year. We don't come on and start talking about the Final Four and the
0: Masters and, and baseball. <laughs> I'd be curious. Unlike you, Dan. <laughs> I'd be curious about it because, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, a really good golfer. You get their comments on Augusta. I'm fine with that. March Madness maybe, as well.
2: Maybe, maybe we'll do a special. Maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll jump over from the Mad Dog channel over to the Dan Patrick channel, and maybe we'll do a summer special.
0: <laughs> when did uh, it start to click where Tom Brady and you became Friends, not reporter and, uh, or partners, I guess. Um, do you remember?
2: Well, I had just asked him. Don Shula used to do Monday Night Football with me on on Westwood One. And, uh, he decided that he had had enough, uh, that it was just, you know, too much. And I, and I believe at the time, Don was maybe 80 years old, 79 or 80 years old. So this was 12 years ago or so. And, uh, so I just happened to run in, I ran into Tom at, he was watching his son, Jack, play, play uh, tennis at Riviera. And Jack, at the time, was maybe three or two years old, three years old, four years old, really just a youngster playing, playing tennis. I said, hey, uh, do you by chance have any interest in doing Monday Night Football on the radio with me? Because uh, I had known he'd done a, a local show with uh, WEEI uh, in, uh, in Boston every Monday. And he said, well, what does it entail? And I told him, he said, well, why don't you write, write my agents what exactly it is you have my number, and we'll just stay in touch. Well, a couple of weeks later, he he got back in touch with me. He said that he had just spoken to Don Yee and Steve Dubin. Said, "Yeah, I'd like to do that." Then he wrote me a letter, Dan. Before we started our first Monday night uh, uh, thing, he said, "You'll get the same effort out of me on Monday nights that I give my teammates on Sunday <laughs> afternoons." And I still have that letter. And uh, and you know what he has? He's he hasn't missed a show, even when he's played on Monday nights. He's taped it early. And uh, he's been, he's just been terrific. He's a better human being than he is a quarterback.
0: If you had to bet on what he's going to do next, next chapter, could you see him being in the media aside from the podcast?
2: I was going to say he's with us. Of well, course Go. he is. Of course he is. I had to catch <laughs> uh, I, myself. I don't, I don't personally see that. I, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you.
0: No, no. I, I, I said, I, I threw in the podcast there late knowing that you would pick up on that. So I was, uh, but see, could you see him doing a network thing, a Manning cast, uh, Amazon?
2: I don't want to speak for Tom, but every, every indication that I have would indicate no. Might he do some more specials? Might he do, you know, another man in the arena or a documentary or appear from time to time. He's appeared on the Manning cast. Um, he might do something like that, but I don't think he's going to try and do something like Tony Romo or Troy Aikman.
0: I could see him and Gronk doing a Manning cast type, <laughs> something on Amazon. What do you think? That'd be fun.
2: It's a good idea. Uh, but I think Gronk's going to play. Oh, you do? I do. With Tampa? Yeah, Tom's, Tom, said, Tom said a couple of days ago on our final show that he hoped Gronk's play, that he's got a lot left in the tank, that he'll make any team a whole lot better. Uh, that he still has championship football in him uh, and that he would, you know, hate to see him go uh, at this point, but would totally respect whatever he wanted to do.
0: He's Jim Gray, Hall of Famer, the podcast, uh, Let's Go with Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald on hiatus until uh, August. Uh, Who's the athlete you haven't interviewed that you want to?
2: I've interviewed everybody I've wanted to interview. I I guess Babe Ruth, but unfortunately that's not going to occur. That's not going to happen. Uh, um, I'm not, I'm not sitting here, you know, uh, thinking that I've, that I'm lacking anything or, or that there's anybody who I really, you know, I'm still curious. I'd like to interview, I guess I'd like to interview Otani because he's great. Uh, I'm sure there's a, a language a barrier and, uh, uh, it can be translated, but I think he's a great athlete. So I guess that would be the answer.
0: Can you see LeBron staying and playing with his son? The importance yeah. of that? Yes. Yes, I do. I think that is important
2: to him i think he's kind of stated that i think it it would be you know it would be a lot of fun to see i think lebron can still play at a high level i don't know where he'll be in a couple of years or or what that team would look like and how exactly that would work and if his son you know we're taking into account that his son Bronny is good enough to play in the nba now maybe somebody will do it for the novelty of it uh, even if he's not good enough but i think he has a long way to go you know in his development
0: but I wonder if LeBron looks at this and gets into an organ. I, I don't know if he ends his career with the Lakers. What do you think? About I don't either. Yeah. I don't either.
2: You know, it's, it's also transient now and everybody just kind of comes and goes. I mean, look at James Harden, three teams in a year. James Harden is as great an offensive force in the history of the NBA as we've ever seen. And, you know, he's just uh, Kevin Durant, the best player in the NBA. Look at, look at this now. And we spend more time wondering where these guys are going to be than we actually do paying attention. It's like its own. It's not even a hot stove league. It's just like constantly burning. It's like one of these wildfires, unfortunately, that we have here in California. So all this speculation is going to go on and on. So I could see LeBron playing someplace else if that meant he could play with Bronny.
0: Did you save your interview notes from uh, LeBron's decision, night? I probably have them somewhere. i would be curious. Here, Here
2: are the interview notes, Dan, right here. Here was just this season with Let's Go, which you were a part of.
0: Yeah. So,
2: yeah, I, I probably have them somewhere.
0: I still go back to that question I asked, and, and I did follow up with you when I talked to Tom about that pull that you feel with your family that I felt when I was at ESPN, and I left at 50, and here's Tom at 44. And I I followed up with you, and, and you were kind enough to share that you, know, you could tell the maybe it kind of hit Tom in a different way because everything else was football related. And I went family related. Did you glean anything from that answer from Tom that maybe you didn't realize at the time of what he might be really feeling?
2: Well, I thought it was a great question by you. And I don't say that because we're friends or because this is your show. So it was a lousy question. I tell you, you stink. That was a great question, but I also know how Tom feels about his family and there's a, there's a spot that it touches. Uh, whether it's his parents and his sisters who were so important to him, or whether it's Benny, Jack, Vivi, and Giselle. Uh, You know, when he goes there, uh, it brings out an emotion, and he wants to be with his son, and his son's in New York. And so when you ask that question, I knew how he felt, and I know how it bothers him, and I know he wants to spend more time. So uh, I could see that it touched him, and and everybody else did kind of focus on uh, some of the other things. There was that young man who was in the stands that also touched him, uh, yeah, that, that he held up that sign about cancer and saving his life and inspiring him. Uh, so I could see, you know, Tom's an emotional guy and he's a real guy. And, and he really, really cares. He cares deeply about football, cares about people. He wants to see his teammates succeed. He doesn't feel in any way that ripping somebody else somehow enhances him. So he's tried to inspire and lift people. So when you talked about his family, that took him to a place, you know, where he wants to be.
0: His social media is unbelievable. I I don't know. I would love to have had that social media with the Patriots, but why did Tom all of a sudden go unplugged here with the Buccaneers?
2: Well, there's a different atmosphere, and there's different folks, and Tom has tremendous respect and reverence for his time at the Patriots, and he's grateful but those folks are, are tightly wound and <laughs> it's a whole, it's a whole different, you know, Bruce Arians is out having fun on the golf course. And once in a while, once in a while, he may have, you know, an adult beverage and uh, it's a little, it's a, it's just a little looser atmosphere. So Tom could be more of himself and, and, you know, Tom wanted to follow Tom's a great teammate. So Tom wanted to follow what it was the protocols were and coach Belichick just wasn't going to have that and didn't want that. And here, He could be more of himself, and uh, that's all much more permissible and and part of the program.
0: Have you had Belichick on the Let's Go podcast? We have not, (laughs) but we haven't requested him either. (laughs) Oh, come on. you got to have him on.
2: (laughs) Well, maybe next year, you know, if Tom's out of football, perhaps perhaps we'll ask (laughs) Coach Belichick. (laughs) Now, we asked for Coach Belichick a number of times on Monday Night Football, and uh, he wasn't available. But he was available at Super Bowls. And he and he and he did come on and answer the questions. And he's always, to me, he's always very courteous, very nice, very respectful. Um, and uh, obviously, he's 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 the greatest coach, uh, probably in the history of the NFL, with the exception of uh, the numbers. And I'll go with Don Shula because he has three forty-seven. But I think Coach Belichick's going to stick around until he breaks that record.
0: I agree. Hey, great to talk to you. Sorry I didn't uh, get a chance to do a drive-by there in Los Angeles. Dan, I'm sorry
2: I missed you. Next time, my house. how's your pursuit of the Corn Ferry Tour going?
0: Uh, It's good. I, I'm uh, I'm taking a couple of weeks off for the uh, Corn Ferry Golf Tour, but, uh, you know, I'm not ready for Riviera. Let's put it that way.
2: Well, the pros are this week, so tune in. It
0: should be fun. Thank you, bud.
2: Thanks, Dan. That's, Thanks for having me on.
0: Jim Gray, Hall of Famer and uh, co-host of Let's Go Podcast with Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, Jim invited me to play Riviera. And you don't turn down an invitation to play Riviera. It was just, I was doing the show. We got up early in the morning and then we'd have to go to dinner with clients at night. And I didn't have that window where I could go there and play. Riviera is one of the great courses in the world. And uh, you can't have a bad day. You can have a bad round at Riviera. You can't have a bad day at Riviera. Really a, a, a great experience there. seat and update the poll results from the uh, last hour. Ratings for the Super Bowl were up because of. Right now with 39% of the vote, less politics and COVID. Uh, 35% has uh, just great playoffs leading into it. This program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options. Cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans built, equipped, and engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership Today, the aforementioned uh, Sean White, 35 years of age, turning 36, coming up in September, growing up right before our very eyes, and I believe officially retired back from the Olympics, uh, finishing fourth in the half pipe. And Sean joins us now. Are you officially retired?
3: I am. Yeah, which is so wild to say I'm 35, Um, you know, I guess older in the sport of snowboarding, but I still feel like I got (laughs) a lot to look forward to.
0: Yeah, but you're 35. Brady just retired at 44. Sean. I mean,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess you know when I think about it, if you're throwing the ball and you're off a few inches or so, it's it's not as as bad as when you're 20 <laughs> feet in the air looking at this icy wall. Going, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> God, uh.
0: What is that feeling like, though, when you're getting some big air and you yeah. know that this might hurt?
3: Oh, yeah, it's like the scene in Talladega Nights where he's, he's like, oh, flying through the air, <laughs> i good. You know, like everything slows down and you're just like, oh, my goodness. It's kind of like when you you hit a ball or, you you know, you, you do that shot and you just know you messed up right away. So you have all that time in the air to think about, wow, okay, do I want to land on my back? Do I want to – why did I get into this situation in the first place? Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's not good.
0: Do you teach yourself how to fall, how to land?
3: No, but there is an art to it, I would say, because a lot of people they just panic, and I kind of like assess the situation and go, okay, well, there's there's kind of like a way to roll out of it, or slide, or something. Um, but you know, it is a it happens. You're gonna crash, just like anything. You, there will be mistakes, and you you know, you gotta kind of like roll with those injuries and, and learn from them.
0: We were wondering if you've ever held a job. A job? Yeah. So let's go around the room here. Who believes, other than snowboarding or skateboarding, has do you believe that Sean White has held a regular job? Todd?
1: I think he has. I think he may have dabbled in like a little something with children, like a little camp counselor thing, just on the side, little summer camp, okay, to help the kids out Uh, with skateboarding. Paulie? I'm going to say yeah. Brief pizza delivery at a young age on a on a bicycle.
0: Okay. Uh, (laughs) Seaton. Look, a very young age paper route does that count okay sean have you held an actual job
3: no. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Played in, snowboard i mean i was sponsored at seven so it was pretty much what are you making design. at age
0: seven how much money are you making at age seven
3: well yeah i was amateur so i was of I course would, you uh, were I, I would just had travel budget and whatnot which was pretty wild um but uh i started making money when i was probably 14 and I I got my first I guess I don't know I, I didn't even know what this meant at the time my mom's like it's a million dollar deal <laughs> I was like well, okay well I guess that's good we won that now what <laughs> you know what I mean like I didn't really just like a number and I, I had everything I ever wanted which was skateboards and snowboards so
0: how I- did million dollars change your life
3: um at the time not much i mean i was just so thrilled i mean once i turned you know uh 16 17 i could get a car that was pretty cool um and then um you know i i invested my mom got me into like real estate because i think they were worried about the car and the cars that might come so (laughs) it kind of tied a lot of my finances up but honestly it was it was quite a burden in the beginning because you know it's fabulous to make it, you know, and then it's just like what do you do and it's not something I really learned in school. Um, and people do go to school to learn exactly how to invest to do these things, and so that was kind of like a a hard thing to learn but um. But yeah I mean it gave me that comfort, I guess, of saying like wow at least it all falls away, you know, through the snowboarding I was able to put a roof over my head and that's that's you know, fantastic. So that was kind of that why I ended up getting a home when I was so young.
0: What role did Tony Hawk play in your career?
3: Yeah, Tony Hawk. I mean, he basically, you know, was my hero. Every kid at my age was just fascinated with him. And um, he would skate my local skate park and i just assumed one day i had this, this grand plan in my head that if i just skated well enough he might come talk to me So i was too terrified to approach him and um It worked. I skated, and I did new tricks every day, and he he strolled by and invited me to go to this skateboarding demo with him, which sparked this friendship. And, um, you know, he never really sat me down and gave me specific advice, but he was the only one that I knew that was going through everything I was about to go through. He had his video game, people knew his name everywhere, and, you know, but he was still a family man. And um, I got to just watch him interact with fans, how he divided his time with his family and things. And and he really remained the same guy through all of it, uh, the success and the ups and downs. And so he was just like that that perfect person to be around.
0: When he fills out his taxes, I said, what do you put down? And he said, skateboarder. He does? Yes. I, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> you don't put, what do you put down as your occupation?
3: I guess I'd say athlete, but yeah. Snowboarder would probably, nowadays, they might be like, oh, okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I saw where yeah. uh, some athletes reached out to you, former ones, David Beckham, mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, pretty yeah. pretty cool uh, territory.
3: Yeah, I was getting these funny emails of like, your application has been accepted to the Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Michael Phelps, uh, David Beckham retirement home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh, no, so cool. I mean amazing talents and and legends in their sports and um to kind of have them cheering me on and having followed my career and uh i mean it's just so great the respect among athletes and, and i'm so pleased to call them friends you know and and um and it's exciting to to look at their careers and what they still mean to their sport even though they haven't been competitive in some time you know it's 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 definitely weird territory, new waters for me, you know, I'm so used to like getting out there and earning my my cred and to finally be putting that to rest and, you know, enjoy what I have accomplished already and to see those those messages really you know, solidifies a lot of that for me in, inside. So that was really
0: nice. He's retired now. Sean White, he plays fourth in the uh, half-pipe snowboarding competition in Beijing. And then you left Beijing that you wanted to attend the Super Bowl?
3: Yeah, well... I had my my girlfriend sat me down, She's like, she should make. I was like, I got so much stuff I want to do when I have the time for it. She's like, you gotta make a list. And like third on the list was like, go to the Super Bowl. I've never been. There's always some competition or something that's kept me from attending. And uh and boom, I'm flying home from China, I land, like family's there to meet me. I said hi to everyone, and then I rushed off to the Super Bowl, and it was just amazing. The Rams won uh, which was so cool. Um, having spent so much time in LA. Uh, but yeah, it's like all those little things I get to do now. I'm very excited about
0: What, what was number one and number two on the list?
3: I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think it was just places to travel to somewhere warm, <laughs> you know, so much time in the cold. <laughs> what but about uh,
0: getting engaged? Where isn't getting engaged on your list of things to do?
3: Yeah, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> You know, it's 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 so nice to finally have the time to spend with somebody. You know, and uh, I am in an amazing relationship, so we'll see where it goes. But I know my my brother and sister um, have children, and uh, you know that the thought of that was so. Uh, I'm it off for so long, um, you know. But then once your you know siblings have their own kids and you're in the mix, and just family's so important to me. I'm I'm sure it's something I definitely. Uh, i want to uh, experience in my life so we'll
0: see well you're grown up now you got to do big boy things now you're 35 you got I, no I, excuses I yeah. <laughs> she put you up to this uh no i no but i i, I saw on social media and it's like yeah, oh, okay so yeah. you know just so you know that uh sean's girlfriend nina dobrev is an actress mm-hmm. and she put some pictures i guess in your travel bag so when you yeah, got yeah you, yeah so you, you well
3: yeah and I mean people couldn't no one was allowed to attend the the Olympics and it was so hard because every time normally I have family friends you know support group and um and no one was there this time it was just myself coach and actually a physical therapist named Esther who's just incredible um that was along for this this ride and she got a medical credential to go um, but yeah, I opened up my bags and there were just pictures of uh, our relationship together and fr- friends uh, and family pictures with notes and all these things that I kept finding and then made this incredible video of people wishing me, um, you know, the best of luck and what I mean to them and, and uh, you know, just the years, you forget how many years you've been doing something and how it's kind of like the ripple effect of everyone and they're like all right like we finally get you home we get you back we get you in know, time with you obviously it's wonderful winning these awards but we like to spend time with you just you know uh doing normal things so it's nice to kind of see all that but yeah she's been so monumental in this whole transitioning period for me um and showing me what that other life looks like so it's great
0: you have your final run and, you know, you couldn't help be moved watching you be emotional there. like it no, kind of like, like, have you seen yourself uh, after you've had that run and how emotional you were?
3: I've watched a bit of it. Yeah. I, I can't watch it without getting emotional. Um, you know, you, you. I guess I I was told when I was a kid that this day would come and hey it's the inevitable you'll get to a point where you either can't ride or the tricks get too heavy or you something some sign will happen and, and you'll retire and um just to be actually living that moment that I'd heard about and never really thought about until it really happened and um yeah it was moving and a lot of the competitors had lined up at the bottom and came and gave me a hug and told me what it meant to them that I was there competing with them and what I've meant to them for their careers. And I mean, one of the guys was like, I haven't told you this ever, but I, my first board, I had your pro model board. I wore your, the jacket you wore. I wanted to be you." <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just so wild, you know, and, um, and then they pulled up my family on the big screen. They had a big, big uh, TV there and just to see their faces and, realize you know we've all been in this kind of journey together for so long in a sport that was very misunderstood you know um snowboarding had no olympics it had the x games had barely been started it was very like we were kind of throwing our lives away in people's opinions by you know putting so much into this sport um but i just believed and i knew that at the end of the day i enjoyed it so much that who cares uh but it turned into this amazing thing. And just to see where it's come from and how big of a part I've played in that um, was just wild. So I got very emotional. I, got, I don't think I've cried as much uh, at an Olympics before.
0: And I got emotional watching the Dear Rider documentary at the, oh, yeah. at the, when you guys are doing the ceremonial basically goodbye with Jake yeah, Burton I and uh, I mean, and his wife and watching that with his uh, weather kids and, that that was pretty impactful there.
3: Yeah, heavy, you know, like really the father of our sport and his passing was just so heartbreaking for a lot of us, you know, and, um, and it happened very suddenly. So I know he had his certain health problems throughout his life, but, you know, this one came so quickly and so abruptly and you know, just remembering him. And, and that, that was something I even mentioned in one of my interviews out there. I was just like, it's so bizarre to get to the bottom because I've seen him after every Olympics, you know, and taken our photo together. And, you know, I think he would have been proud um, on how how everything ended. And, and, um, you know, it's just, it's just wild to see much the sport I used to dig those happen shovels now yeah. the look at them you know this it's two foot walls i mean i don't think the tv really did the scale of it all you know um but just to see where it's come is just incredible
0: go get a job sean okay yeah you totally... go, go, go get a job. i did want
3: to have a i did want to have a summer job at like uh i wanted to go to in and out burger and work the counter and just kind of give people a hard time when they came through.
0: You know what you should do is get a documentary crew and just yeah. all of these jobs that you thought about doing and just do one shift.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's not
0: bad. Just go into in and out and you're there taking orders? Just
3: getting it done.
0: Yeah. Go to a Dairy <laughs> Queen. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things there. Be you
3: to know, the test.
0: I like it. Um, Good luck, Sean. Thanks for uh, all the entertainment uh, through the years.
3: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: That's uh, Sean White, now retired. A five-time Olympian, three-time Olympic gold medalist. We'll take a break. That was uh, a lot of fun to reminisce with him. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.